Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show heard on Chorus Radio. It's a weekly travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. This is our final podcast of 2020, and tis the season to do a review of the past year and look ahead to the coming new year. So we're going to do exactly that. In a few moments, we'll chat with travel expert Onanta Forbes to look back at the year that was and how the COVID pandemic affected the travel industry. Plus, we'll look ahead to 2021 with the folks from MMGY Global who did some pretty interesting research into what people were thinking when it comes to traveling next year. And one place that will be welcoming guests in 2021 is the Atlantis Paradise Island in the Bahamas. They recently reopened their doors on December 10th and underwent a few renovations. So we'll see what's new at the Atlantis Paradise Island and what it's like to travel to the Bahamas these days. But as we mentioned, we'll start things out looking back at the year it was in the travel industry. And joining us now to share with us her thoughts on what the year was like is travel expert Onanta Forbes. You can follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Traveling Onanta. Her website is onantaforbes.com. Obviously, there was one story and one story that constantly stood out, and that was the uh, pandemic and how it had an effect on the travel industry. Uh, but there were stories within that story. Was there any particular one or two that kind of stood out for you over the year? You know, it's interesting. I, first of all, I never foresaw this in my whole entire life or even going into the future. But one of the things that I really was taken aback was that everything just came to a grinding halt. Um, and one of my favorite ways of travel is cruising. And there has been no cruising um, all year since March. So it's, it's just a whole new different way of life. And uh, something that we think we took for granted, travel, is just no longer uh, viable in in this world at mm-hmm. this time. Well, yeah, and the one thing that stood out for me, I remember uh, doing an interview with Peter Greenberg, who was a travel journalist, travel expert in the U.S., who does a lot with uh, CBS News and the CBS Network. And I remember discussing with him, this is, uh, the interview was done back in April, I think, or May, uh, when the lockdowns began and the borders closed and things like that. And I actually wrote a blog about this uh, back in September saying how we were so wrong. We were both kind of saying, oh, yeah, this will be uh, done. We'll, we'll be back traveling in a couple of months. Well, that never happened at all. And, uh, and here we are. It's uh, almost January, and we're still in the thick of this thing. And in just the staggering number of job losses and people uh, not working and being thrown out of work and businesses closing and those types of things, it's just... Uh, staggering, like you said, it's like it's it's um, you never would imagine this, right? Um, no. In the travel industry, and I'm a big fan of cruising too. And I know the airlines were hit hard, and uh, restaurants, hotels were hit hard, but particularly, I think the cruise industry really took it on the chin. And you know, they're not talking about cruising until probably March or April, if you know, later down the road. There's so many things that have to happen and get into place before. Um, we can see cruising coming back or in any form of travel. And it's actually really heartbreaking, whether it's physically, emotionally, financially, we're all affected. And I think that's another amazing point that, that has come to forefront is that everybody's affected um, in the world, not just a sector of it or a region, everybody's affected. 
And yeah, now to look ahead, um, really like we do have some light at the end of the tunnel, perhaps with vaccines, but even then now, uh, we don't know if it's going to be mandatory to, to take a cruise, for example. I could uh, see the cruise lines or the CDC saying to the cruise lines, if you're going to cruise, everyone has to prove that they had a vaccine or something similar to that effect. Yeah, I think that's coming. I, and you're right. I think there has been um, rays of light, like the rapid testing at Calgary International Airport and other airports. But I do think that um, having the release of the COVID-19 vaccine has already had a, a, a good, um, I guess, uh, feeling for for everyone, including travelers, that maybe maybe this is this is the path to recovery. Well, here's saying goodbye to 2020 <laughs> and looking ahead to 2021. Uh, have a very happy new year, uh, Onanto. Onanto Forbes, travel expert. You can follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Traveling Onanta. Her website is onantaforbes.com. Happy new year, Onanta. Happy new year. All the best, Randy, and thank you. Well, one place that will be welcoming guests in 2021 is the Atlantis Paradise Island in the Bahamas. They recently reopened their doors on December 10th and underwent a few renovations. So joining us now to share what's new at the Atlantis Paradise Island and what it's like to travel to the Bahamas in general these days is Eric Hall, Marketing and Public Relations for Atlantis Paradise Island. The website is AtlantisBahamas.com. Hi, Eric. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, I understand that uh, Atlantis was going to be closed anyways during the pandemic, so I want to talk a little bit about the uh, renovations first to kick things off. Uh, tell me about sure. uh, what's new at the Atlantis and what's been updated. Well, you know, we opened up on December 10th, uh, and we were so happy to be able to open uh, the Royal in particular, which is our, our, our iconic uh, hotel that you see in all of our advertising uh, all over the world. And um, that hotel originally opened in 1998, and it's had a number of renovations since then, but uh, we just completed, uh, or mostly completed, uh, a great renovation of the rooms um, in the Royal. We really modernized it. It has a really great, uh, clean, sophisticated feel. Uh, We're really, really excited to to, uh, introduce that as we reopen um, uh, not, not too long ago. I'm sure everybody is uh, pretty uh, familiar with <laughs> the Atlantis Paradise Island, uh, the the iconic building structure that's in Nassau. Give me some background on the, on the generalities of the Atlantis Paradise Island. Uh, how many different areas you have, and and how big it is, and when you open, how many rooms? Sure. Just all the basics. Sure. Well, Atlantis uh, first opened in 1994, um, and. Since 1994, in 1998, we opened the Royal. In 2007, we opened the Cove and the Reef, as well as Aquaventure, our water park, our expanded um, spa, uh, as well as in 98, we opened our 100,000 foot square foot uh, casino. And so in the early days, it was the beach and the coral. Um, and then we, you know, we, we, we did what we would consider uh, the myth of Atlantis that, that uh, came about in, in 1998 with the Royal and which holds the, the dig and the ruins lagoon, which is the largest 
of our open-air marine habitats. You know, that's one of the things that we are, I would say, very famous for, the fact that we have the largest open-water marine habitat in the world, second only to Mother Nature, and it's integrated right into uh, the resort. So, you know, everywhere that you go, you're going to run into these beautiful uh, lagoons um, and habitats filled with over 200 and 200 different species of marine life from sharks uh, to reef fish, sea cucumbers, lobsters, conch. Uh, we have the endangered um, small tooth sawfish actually uh, on display uh, in, in, our, in our marine habitat. Uh, we're very, very fortunate to, to be able to, to take care of those animals. Um, you know, our success with them has been really great as well. We've had uh, births in the last few years. Uh, one of the only facilities to do that. Um, you know, we're very proud of our marine habitat. We are uh, accredited by the uh, uh, Aquarium and Zoo Association, which is a very prestigious and hard-to-get certification. We take great care of our uh, of the animals that reside with us. Well, it is quite an impressive um, resort. There's so many things to do, but tell me what it's like now, obviously with the pandemic going on. What can your guests do and uh, what can't they do, I guess? Well, you know, we, we introduced uh, brand new protocols, uh, safety, health and safety protocols um, that all of our guests will experience. They're not very different from what I think, you know, people are doing globally now mm. with, uh, sanitization processes, uh, social uh, distancing. Um, but one of the special things that we've done uh, that we, we work very closely with the Bahamas Ministry of Health as well as the Ministry of Tourism is to implement what we call the safe zone on Paradise Island. So for those who aren't familiar, um, although when you, when, you, when you come to visit Atlantis, you will fly into the island of New Providence of which the city of Nassau is located, but Atlantis is actually across a bridge on Paradise Island. And so what we've done is we've created this, self zone, this safe zone so that once you fulfill the, uh, the testing that's required by the government and you obtain a health visa and are allowed to travel, uh, what we've done is we've worked out a way so that once you come into our safe zone, as long as you don't leave, uh, you don't have to do another test uh, after the five days that's required by the government. But... We've created this zone in which our golf course, uh, our partner property, the uh, Ocean Club um, that has great restaurants um, that our guests will go frequent often, um, you, you are allowed to kind of function within that zone um, and feel completely safe. All of the same, the same levels of protocols are being followed. And it, it's a way for us to enable our guests to, to, to feel comfortable uh, feel safe as they move about while enjoying a great vacation. So it's kind of a bubble uh, within the Bahamas area itself, and it's easy to do, I guess, if you're an island within an island. <laughs> it's pretty, exactly. pretty easy to monitor that. But if you wanted to go beyond that, uh, you mentioned that you'd have mm -hmm. to do another test if you're just visiting the Bahamas in general? Yes, you'd have to do an antigen test to come back. There are lots of uh, uh, conveniently accessible testing sites um, in the in the immediate area, uh, that that can be done. So if you you know if you if you plan your day properly, um, and and you you know you, you you leave the safe zone and you do any of the other uh, things that's available outside of Atlantis, 
you can you can stop into one of those places, get the uh, antigen test, and once you get the clearance, uh, you come come right back into the safe zone, and 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 you're good to go. How has uh, the uh, bookings been since uh, you've uh, reopened? Um, you know, we're we're actually very pleased with uh, the the rate uh, of our bookings. Um, I think people once they once they, you know, really saw that we we were open and other guests were coming. You know, we we had some guests who. I almost want to say hounded us about opening, like, please open, please open, please open. And, you know, the the minute the word got out, they, it was book now and show up immediately. I think people are, are you know, really, really excited about, about um, you know, just kind of getting back to life and and um, looking for those sunny days, which we have a lot, to, a lot of those to offer. Mm-hmm. And, and since opening, I would say that the, the the rate of bookings has been very very positive. We're very encouraged. Um, we currently have the Royal, which is about twelve hundred rooms open. Uh, we open the Reef, which is our uh, condominium style hotel. Uh, that opened on the twentieth of December, um, and that's about four fifty to five hundred additional rooms, uh, as well as Harbor Side, which is our timeshare uh, area. Uh, all those are open now, and we were we also last week we announced that the Cove, which is our luxury all suite hotel, that's going to open in February uh, on the 10th of February, um, and so we, you know, we're we're excited about that as well and getting people back to you know the the resort within the resort like like as we like to call it because um, it you know it offers just another level of, of luxury and exclusivity, especially at the Cove pool. Uh, which is our adults-only uh, ultra pool area with a live DJ. There's there's uh, casino gambling right there on the pool on the pool deck. Um, so, <laughs> we, 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 I think we're almost as excited as our guests are to come back. There is such a wide variety of accommodations available, and you can accommodate uh, couples, families, just about anybody, right? Absolutely. I think that's one of the best things about Atlantis. Uh, you know. E- even as we phase in the opening of our different hotel options, uh, the, the the types of accommodations and the activities that we offer uh, can can really work. It's it's what we like to call multi generational. So you can literally bring the entire family, the kids, the parents, the grandparents. You can come with with your group of friends. You can come uh, all coupled up if you want to, and we we offer comfortable accommodations for all of those situations as well as the variety of activities where you know everyone can have something to do and uh they can do things on their own they can do things together um and everyone and everyone can be happy um you know i mentioned before we have our beautiful tom weisskopf design uh 72 uh sorry par 72 18 hole golf course uh, that's over on the uh, eastern end of Paradise Island. It's one of the most beautiful courses in the Caribbean. Um, there are a few holes there where, you, where you're literally playing on the beach. <laughs> and the views, the blues of the water, it's just, it's just breathtaking. Uh, our spa is available. Um, you know, our marina is now open, um, which has 66 slips. We can accommodate vessels up to 206 feet. And guests of the marina are treated just like guests of the hotel uh, with access to all of our uh, wonderful amenities, inclusive of the water park, the casino, and everything. Um, so, yeah, we are, 
we are roaring to go. We, 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 we're going to end 2020 uh, with a bang, and we're just going <laughs> to uh, explode into 2021. <laughs> well, there's lots of information on your website, AtlantisBahamas.com, including information on uh, the Paradise Island Safe Zone that you were talking about, the rapid antigen That's COVID-19 uh, test, and all mm-hmm. the other things that you have to have in place uh, before him, uh, visiting the Bahamas. So uh, here's to better times down the road, uh, Eric. I do appreciate your time. Eric Hall is... Uh, marketing and uh, public relations with Atlantis Paradise Hotel. Again, that website is AtlantisBahamas.com. Happy New Year, Eric. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, and thank you so much for having us. See you all in paradise. Well, this is our final podcast of 2020, so it's only fitting that we look ahead to 2021. And the folks from MMGY Global did some pretty interesting research into what people were thinking when it comes to traveling next year. And it was summed up nicely in a blog titled, Travel in 2021 Will Be Better and Worse Than You Think. The author is Clayton Reed, who is the CEO of MMGY Global. Clayton is here now to discuss it further. Hi, Clayton. Hi, Randy. This is the time of year where we uh, kind of look ahead. Tis the season to look ahead at uh, 2021 and what travel will be like. And MMGY has done a lot of research on this. Um, we'll run kind of through some of the uh, things that you found through your research. But uh, anything that sort of stick out that surprised you when, uh, when you were doing this? Well, I think, you know, we're a little bit of an outlier in terms, Randy, of some of what the what I'll call the industry experts are saying about recovery. When you look at some of the people who cover, for example, hotel real estate or hotel development or hotel uh, performance, many of them are suggesting a recovery in, in performance of the travel industry out into 2023 and 2024. We actually believe it's going to be a much more V-shaped recovery for travel. And there are a number of reasons we could talk about for why, but the primary drivers are one on the leisure side of travel there's so much pent-up demand. People who've been on what we call home sentencing for some time, they haven't been able to travel as they would like to. And then on top of that, we we really look, the, the majority of people who travel in both Canada and the U.S. are making household incomes of in excess of $50,000. Now, we could talk about the, the fact that people who are making under than under $50,000 have really been hurt by the, the pandemic, and that's absolutely true. But the truth is people at the higher end of the economic model have done fine. They've made a lot of money in the stock market. They've been able to work from home and make just as much money and, in fact, save more money as a result. So they have a lot of discretionary income moving into 2021. They have a lot of pent-up demand for traveling and having experiences they've been deprived of for the better part of a year. And we think that combines to make for a very healthy travel recovery on the leisure side. And then in terms of corporate travel, and some of your listeners are business travelers for sure, you know, if the big corporations and the big airlines that rely heavily on premium corporate travel, we actually think the same conditions are in place. Companies, by and large, have done pretty well through the pandemic. Um, some haven't, but many have. And their sales force and, and employees need to get back out on the road to create connections with clients or to collaborate once again. And we actually think that will start to tip up very positively in the second half of next year. So 
our research team and our, our strategists think that there's going to be a very strong recovery for travel starting as early as, as April and May of 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, vaccines are big in the news these days. What did your research show about that and, and travelers? Interesting question. So, again, if you look at studies like from the Kaiser Family Foundation, they will tell you that 70% plus want to take the, the vaccine. If you look at our own research where we're just talking to travelers, the number is actually lower. So people are telling us just over 50% of people tell us they'll take the vaccine immediately. But all that said, the vaccine is a huge trigger for especially group travel in the United States and Canada and throughout the world because group meeting planners and corporations feel like they have liability before there's a vaccine. They don't want to put their uh, employees in harm's way and are loath to put them out on the road. But it was clear from our data that once a vaccine was announced and a and a timeline for for that that vaccine into the first quarter of 2021 gives companies permission to send their people back out into meeting environments, into conventions and into corporate travel. That, again, we think is a tailwind for the travel recovery next year. Uh, road trips were very popular, at least in these parts anyway, over the summer. Uh, do you think those will continue to, as well? Yeah, there's no doubt in our research and others that people feel the most control in their cars. They feel the safest in their cars. In our most recent wave, 72% of leisure travelers said they would prefer to travel by car for those reasons. And we, th- you know, travel by car, the, the great road trip has always been a part of our lexicon and part of the mentality around travel, especially when you think about, you know, more resort and, and rural vacations. People drive to those places. But there's no doubt through the pandemic they felt safer in their car. Now, we could talk about how that's a bit contrary to the truth, meaning you're actually more dangerous to drive on the highways than it is to get on an airplane. But pe- people feel more uh, in control in their cars. So we do think that continues into next year. We think road trips will continue to be a major part of the way people want to travel. But at the same time, we see evidence in our surveys that people are ready to get back on planes again, first in sort of shorter routes, regional, shorter flights, but eventually into long haul and international travel where people are saying we really want to go do that travel again. And in our latest suggestion and our latest strategy work, we think that international travel, not just, say, Toronto to New York, but even um, Toronto to London, will actually perform on a relative basis better than um, other parts of domestic travel because people that's the travel people really haven't been able to do at all. Mm-hmm. They can supplement they can supplement some of their leisure travel by getting in the car and, and driving to Banff, but they can't really go to island destinations or other countries without getting on a plane for the most part. And we actually think that kind of demand will, will tip up pretty substantially in the second half of next year. I think overall, in general, the travel industry, when you look at the airlines and the hotels and, uh, you know, even more locally, like restaurants and the hospitality industry in general, have done a really good job doing what they can to sort of mitigate and and keep their guests as safe as possible. The thing that holds people back from traveling is the are the 14-day quarantines, at least here in Canada. And then we have uh, sort of rapid testing that's going on at airports, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, are those going to continue where we get shorter sort of uh, quarantines where people can, you know, look ahead and say, well, I'd like to go somewhere, but I don't want to have to sit at home for 14 days when I come home. Yeah, no, I think that's the big question. And certain parts of the world are more restricted than others. If you go to Australia, for example, you land in Sydney, the police will escort you to a hotel room where you will stay 14 days without leaving and they Mm -hmm. monitor you very carefully. 
versus other environments where it's a little bit looser and people, I think, unfortunately, have been even skirting the rules a little bit. The long-term look at that is there will be places, I'll give you an example, Qantas Airlines, again, an Australian carrier, is suggesting that they're going to require that you've had the vaccine before you get on their planes next mm-hmm. year. I don't know how long that'll last, but I think there's def- there are definitely certain suppliers and certain destinations that will ask for proof of vaccine. And we're calling that in our research vaccinations, <laughs> um, like vacations, vaccinations. Um, and I think there'll be some of that. But at the same time, I think once you see the vaccine beginning to be deployed into next year, I think some of those restrictions will loosen. Already, the CDC has reduced in some places the request for quarantine from 14 to 10 days. In New York City, for example, it started as a 14-day quarantine. It's now a pre-test, a three-day quarantine, and another test. So you've started to see those restrictions loosen a little bit already, and we would expect they continue to loosen um, as we go into next year, and that will make it easier for people to travel. Uh, one area that uh, when you talk about uh, vaccinations where uh, companies would require you to have a vaccine or a, a vac- uh, vaccination would is the cruise industry. I could see that happening. What about what are your thoughts on that? I agree. In fact, some of the cruise lines have been at the forefront of rapid testing, meaning instant testing. I know that a number of them are testing that technology right now. But interestingly, cruises have started to cruise already. I mean, you see certain lines um, in Europe and mm-hmm. even some, some things off the Florida coast beginning to happen. And the virus has been fairly controlled in those environments, testing and pr- providing people to proof that they're negative before they get on board. The other thing that's so interesting, Randy, about the cruise industry is that I would argue in our research, they're the most resilient and optimistic travelers of anybody we study. You know that the cruise line industry tips and skews to an older generation. The average age of a cruiser is in the 60s. And so you'd think those are the most Uh, problematic age groups for traveling right now. But the truth is they're the most optimistic and they want to get back at it. In fact, I know for some of the research we've seen that it's not the cruiser that's saying, I don't want to get on a cruise ship. It's the children of the cruiser (laughs) trying to prevent their parents from getting on a cruise ship. And and in fact, a number of the cruise lines have reported record rebookings for 2021. Mm -hmm. And that's a testament to how loyal cruise travelers are. And I think you'll see cruises do pretty well next year, despite the narrative you you see about what virus does on a cruise ship. Cruisers will cruise, as they say, and they are a very loyal bunch. So uh, we'll look forward to uh, all this research uh, in 2021 and look forward to better travel days, that's for sure. You can find out uh, more information on the MMGY website, mmgy.com. And Clayton Reed is the CEO of MMGY Global. You're a wealth of knowledge, Clayton. I appreciate your time. I'll always talk, enjoy talking to you, Randy. Thanks for the time today. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveler.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.